0: Hi, and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Lovick. In today's episode, we're going to be introducing the one, the only, the amazing Amazonian queen herself, the ayahuasca. We're starting you off with just a tiny dose in this episode so that you can begin to build the foundation you need to understanding this Amazonian medicine like a traditional indigenous healer. Now, if this is the first time you're tuning into this podcast, here's a little bit about what you can expect to hear. Here we talk all things Amazonian and High Andean healing traditions of Peru. For nine years, I've been volunteering for various healers, but for more than half of that time, I've been volunteering with Amazonian and High Andean healers of Peru. So this podcast is really about me distilling all that experience, all that information so that you can feel closer to these traditions. And as always, if you're looking for authentic, traditional indigenous healing but don't know where to look, we got you covered. Check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com. We work directly with the Kiro community on a very special project to connect their world renowned healers with the people who need them. So if you're looking for traditional indigenous healing, send us a message and we'll be happy to connect you. So let's get started with today's episode on ayahuasca. Now, if you haven't checked out episode nine, traditional indigenous healers and their alliance with Mother Earth, I recommend that you check that out because we talk about how the Amazonian healer was in such incredible connection with Mother Earth, with the beings in the Amazon, that the plants themselves, the sacred plants, taught the Amazonian healer how to put this brew together. They showed him, her, how to find these plants, where to find them, how to brew uh, the ayahuasca brew. And the ayahuasca herself was training these healers and they had this beautiful alliance going on. And all of the healing that is possible even today is only possible because of this beautiful alliance that we have made. This is a Uh, collaborative projects, so to speak, between Mother Nature, uh, the sacred plants, and human beings. Now, many of you have probably heard of ayahuasca as being one of the most powerful psychedelics that we have out there. It does last for a few hours, the ceremonies. And so everybody kind of makes a big fuss about that. Um, And then other people really uh, have heard of it because they are trying to tackle depression, uh, PTSD, and other kinds of traumas. And many, many people, oh, also suicidal ideation. And many people have found incredible alleviation from all of these symptoms. Um, now, in terms of the neuroscience behind everything, well, there is a team out in Barcelona in Hospital San Pau who looked into the ayahuasca and the effects it had on people. Dr. Jordi Riba is uh, a neuroscientist from Barcelona, and that's kind of what he did with his team. Now, they have been doing studies with ayahuasca for over 10 years within a clinical context. They were able to have all of that approved um, with their clinical research committee for ethics in the hospital of San Pao, so they were able to do that. And that research has since been reviewed, approved, and published in several influential scientific journals. Thanks to neuroimaging and a variety of other technologies and techniques in modern medicine and science, they were able to uncover that ayahuasca was activating three main regions in the brain. It was activating the neocortex, which is where we perceive, uh, reason, and make decisions. It was activating the amygdala, which really kind of acts as a storehouse for earlier emotional memories, specifically traumatic ones. And it was also activating the insula, which bridges impulses and decision-making capacities. It is the area where feeling states are generated. So say, for example, that you are afraid of dogs And the reason why you're afraid of dogs is because when you were very little, a dog bit you. But now um, you come across really nice dogs, but you are still afraid and you can't seem to shake this fear that you have for them. Um, So ayahuasca would basically allow you to revisit that and kind of almost apply this different kind of reasoning and say, well, that was one time and not all dogs are bad. And then basically take you out of that pattern that you've built in your head. It activates everything. So all the possibilities are kind of there for you to rebuild that in a way that is going to benefit you a little better. So that is kind of what neuroscience has found out about ayahuasca. Now that I've caught you up to speed so that you have a general idea of what ayahuasca is, what it's known for, and basically why it's such a big deal, um, I want to quickly now switch gears and I want to tell you a story of my first experience with ayahuasca. So the very first experience I had with ayahuasca was when I had arrived at the retreat where I was going to be drinking for my very first time ever. And the person who greeted me when I arrived said, hey, something really cool is happening. Would you like to see the brewing process of ayahuasca? And I said, yes, of course. So we started to head over to the area where the ayahuasca was being brewed. And as soon as I got to that area, I felt a wall of energy surrounding the cauldron. And it was so strong that it was almost physical to me what was happening. I had never experienced anything like this. So I just stayed there and tried to figure it out. And as I'm trying to figure out what is going on here, I see a black jaguar pacing the cauldron and I was beside myself. I didn't understand why I, what I was seeing, why I was seeing what I was seeing. But I continued to watch this jaguar pacing this small area where the ayahuasca was being brewed. And I just continued to look at this jaguar, completely blown away at what I was seeing. I was admiring the stride. I was studying the muscles that were being engaged as it was walking and its height and Even its presence, I knew this is what a jaguar would look like if I had been that close to a jaguar. And then I continued to look at this jaguar, looking at its details, and I noticed this jaguar is not like any jaguar. It's a hybrid between a plant and a jaguar. It had plant elements to it. And also, I noticed that it was neither physical nor non physical. It somehow existed in both planes. And the, the, what I was looking at was a very evolved, very advanced spiritual being. And just like when someone is watching you and you can feel them watching you, this jaguar was aware that I was looking at it and stopped pacing the cauldron and made its way to me. And uh, it manifested at eye level, not on four legs or anything, it kind of switched. It was still a jaguar, still plant, but it came to me and it greeted me and said, Hi, I'm happy that you're here. Welcome. And very warmly greeted me and I was really happy to see it. Uh, Say hi and be so friendly and so loving. And I said hello back and thank you. And after we greeted each other, the jaguar made its way back to that area and began pacing the cauldron once again. I was beside myself and officially had my Judy Garland moment. It was, uh, it was pretty clear I was not in Kansas anymore, or in my case, Miami. And um, I'm there looking at Jorge, who's very peacefully cooking his ayahuasca. And I go, <clears throat> Jorge? And he said, yeah. Uh, what's uh, going on right now? And we lock eyes and his eyes light up. And he said, oh, you're having visions too. Yeah. What you're feeling is the ayahuasca. And I said, (laughs) too? What do you mean? Oh, yeah. I have visions all the time when I cook. I don't have to actually drink ayahuasca to be having visions as if I were in ceremony. It's exactly like being in ceremony for me. And I had to really process that because that meant that this was not just about a brew. This was not about a neuro phenomenon or some sort of biological explanation. This was much more than that. And I kind of just stayed there for a while, really absorbing what, that really implied. So why did I share this story with you? Why did I think it was important for you to know that both me and a healer were having visions with ayahuasca and interacting with the sacred plant being without having any kind of DMT, any kind of psychoactive in our bodies? Why do I feel that that's important for you to know when we are talking about what ayahuasca is? Many people are going to obsess about the physical aspect of ayahuasca and they're gonna go into the DMT, they're gonna go into how it's absorbed, they're gonna go into the neuroscience, they're gonna go into biochemistry, they're gonna go into all of it to a sickening degree. But here's the thing, that is not going to lead you to the truth. However, there are benefits of looking at it in a physical way, For example, feeling more comfortable because you understand the neuroscience behind it and you see how it can pretty much reset your brain, particularly in terms of trauma, and that can make you feel more comfortable, and that is great, we love that. That's why we wanna talk about the neuroscience behind ayahuasca. We're very grateful to modern science for their contribution, but what can happen when we build a framework an understanding, a paradigm around ayahuasca solely being a physical medicine, just chemicals, just to brew. Let me tell you what can happen and what has already happened. This could lead to and has already led to People wanting to synthesize ayahuasca without understanding there is an actual being who we've actually built an alliance with to create the kind of results that everyone's so blown away with in terms of trauma, in terms of depression, in terms of suicidal ideation, in terms of all kinds of things. Modern science, modern medicine, modern society, what makes them so great, which is that they hyper focus on the physical is also their weakness in terms of understanding these concepts. Why? Well, traditional indigenous healers and their discipline, these ancient societies, what they have left behind are much more complex in terms of the framework. Yes, they include the physical, but they go much further beyond that. And so when you take a very advanced technique, very advanced medicine like ayahuasca, okay, and you try to fit it in this very elementary framework that modern society operates in, you're not going to know uh, the full truth of what that medicine is all about because your framework only includes the physical, which is incredibly incomplete. That is just the tip of the iceberg of what exists, modern society and their intellectuals their academics them looking at traditional indigenous medicines and disciplines is sort of like the difference between a bird looking at the ocean and a whale looking at the ocean the whale is going to have a much more intimate uh knowledge of the water of the ocean not only can they sense more But they are living in it. This is their world. So, yeah, it's always going to be way more incomplete. You're only going to be looking at very shallow, very surface type things because, again, the framework in which these medicines, ancestral sciences operate are much more complex mainly because they're not limiting themselves to the physical, they are going beyond that and they have mastered concepts that go beyond the material. Now, it is a more ideal framework because we are not just, I say it over and over, (laughs) we're not just a bunch of meat bags just roaming around, we are much more complex. We are energetic beings, We are spiritual beings, and a lot of times, modern medicine and science don't factor that in, which is why it is at a disadvantage. And it is why the framework in which they operate in is um, limited. So today's episode was really about laying the foundation so that you can continue to understand these medicines, particularly ayahuasca, which we're going to continue talking about. And it's important that you understand and are able to identify the modern society's framework in which we really focus on the physical. And now you're going to begin to understand the uh, ancient society slash traditional indigenous healer and their framework, which is much more complex. It is much broader. It is much more magical, too. And this is how it works. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to um, I don't want you to uh, get half truth. And if you stay in the modern society's paradigm or framework, then you're not going to ever That that will never have a road that leads to true understanding of these medicines, of these traditions. So, with that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you walked away with a little bit of everything, a little bit of the neuroscience explanation, a little bit of the traditional indigenous healing. Uh, explanation. And um, remember to check out that Alliance with Mother Earth episode that I told you about. I believe it's episode nine, so that you can kind of get into this uh, traditional indigenous healer framework, right? And we talked about the difference between frameworks, right, of modern society, which is very hyper material focused, and then the traditional indigenous healers and their reality, which is much larger. It is looking at everything in a way that we just don't look at things, right? Things are alive. They are communicating with other beings on this planet, beings that we feel are sometimes not alive. We don't look at, we don't think about these things. And that is why we're behind the ball here. But again, they have been refining these traditions these wisdoms for thousands of years. So it's only to be expected, but it also provides us with an opportunity because they're still here. These traditional indigenous healers and wisdom keepers like the Amazonian healers and the Kiro healers, they're still around. So it's not like it's lost in the sands of time. It is still here. This wisdom is still alive. We need to reach out and talk to them so that we can try to cut that learning curve in half at least there's no reason why we need to reinvent a lot of things that we're exploring like um, uh, psychedelic therapies and things like that psychedelic therapies have uh, energetic and spiritual implications and it's not the same thing as having a healer there Um, you know you can't interchange uh, the therapist with a healer and At the same time, when you're dealing with these things, you need to be aware of these energetics and that spiritual aspect. A lot of times we're just kind of going in the dark, which is not a good thing because it's just incomplete. So I hope that you kind of had some things to think about and that uh, we continue to build upon this to talk about ayahuasca in the next episode. If you're on Instagram, go ahead and say hi, follow us. We want to follow you. We want to check out your cats. We want to see what you're up to. And also, if you want to get in contact with us, you can also go to traditionalmedicinemiami.com and we'll be happy to take any sort of emails, any questions you may have there as well. I hope you have a great day or night, wherever you may be. And I look forward to hanging out soon again with you. I'll see you next time.